Welcome, everybody. I am Rachel Levy-Lesser. And I am Stephanie Goldstein, and this is Life's Accessories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion, and that is what we love to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Life's Accessories Podcast and also on Facebook. You can also email us at lifesaccessoriespodcast at gmail.com with comments, questions, or accessory suggestions. Get those accessory suggestions in because I will just tell you, I have people IRL in real life telling me, (laughs) oh, could you please talk about that? Could you please talk about that? And I can't always remember what people are telling me. So email us, please email us. Um, We check our inbox (laughs) whenever we can. The more obscure, the better. Exactly. Right. <laughs> oh my God. There are some crazy accessories there out there are, that there I didn't are. even know were accessories. Exactly. So, and if you like what you're listening to, please share this podcast with your friends as we know people have been doing and like, and rate and review us and definitely subscribe. So it pops up in your feed, um, which is really fun to see it because uh, we have episodes come out weekly and on Wednesdays. And we, this year are adding some special Friday episodes, which is really exciting too. Yeah. We're excited about that. And we thank you, our listeners. So today we are thrilled to welcome Elizabeth Mayhew. Elizabeth is the creative force behind the Duchy of Millbrook, an artisanal bakery in New York's Dutchess County. And for many years, Elizabeth served as a contributing editor at NBC's Today Show and as a monthly columnist for the Washington Post's Home and Garden section. Elizabeth is the author of Flip for Decorating, a book filled with decorating and redecorating tips. I love redecorating tips. I do too, which I tend to do all the time. Every day, it feels like. Yeah, moving furniture, you know, no big deal. Mm -hmm. I know. Last night at dinner, my family's like, are these new uh, placemats? I'm like, they're old placemats, but they're new now. Um, is this a new toss pillow? Yes, it is. It Obviously. Yeah. Always. So Elizabeth has worked for a number of publications, including Real Simple, Small World. I used to work there too. Mm-hmm. House Beautiful, Southern Living, and Women's Day. Elizabeth was also the founding editor-in-chief for Reese Witherspoon's Southern-inspired brand, Draper James. Love Draper James. She is a native of Louisville, Kentucky, and a graduate of Georgetown University, and now divides her time between New York City and Millbrook, New York. So, Rachel, I am a total fangirl of Elizabeth's cakes because, as some of you, our listeners know, I started a home-based scratch bakery a couple of years ago. And Rachel, hashtag bittersweet baking company. <laughs> yes, and Rachel, you are a baker too, an avid baker, is so talented. Mm-hmm. And both of us know that when it comes to decorating a cake, the devil is truly in the details. And Elizabeth is best known for her charm cakes, and she'll tell us all about them. But they essentially tell a story of a person, and they are so cool. And her attention to detail is impeccable. And I actually, I want to know why she isn't a surgeon or if there are surgeons in her family because of her exquisite attention to detail. Maybe she went to med school. Maybe she did. Maybe. No, I, we are bakers. (laughs) Our listeners may recall that Stephanie and I actually met through baking because Mm -hmm. Stephanie was on my baking show a little over a year ago. And I will say, I love to bake. I bake a lot. I will say not to brag what I bake does taste good, but it doesn't always look amazing. Stephanie is an artiste and <laughs> I first fell in love with her when I saw the cake that she made that looked like an LL Bean tote bag because I mean, obviously, 
Um, not not to brag, but you know, people say my stuff looks good and tastes good. Yeah. And yeah. that that yeah. is true. And that is not always the case. It's true. Um, it is so true. So we have a lot to talk to Elizabeth about, but you're right about these charm inspired cakes that she makes. Our listeners should definitely follow her on Instagram. We're going to ask her all about that because it really is unique. I'm really excited to talk to Elizabeth and I can't wait for you guys to meet her too. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So fun. Great to have you. It's great to be with you. And now I have the honor of asking you the big question of the day. What accessory do you want to talk to us about? Today, I'm going to talk to you about my charm bracelet because it's a very clear segue into kind of what I've become most known for, which are these charm cakes, which we can Mm -hmm. talk about later. But, uh, you know, I've had my charm bracelet for, I think I must have actually, I can actually look at the date because there's a little inscription. Um, It was given to me by my parents and I was probably 10 years old. So. Uh, I've had it for quite a long time and it it has obviously um, just a lot. It has all my interests. And what's interesting about it is I am pretty consistent. My interests haven't changed that much from 10 years old. So maybe how I go about them, but honestly, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much the same. I think there's been a whisk on this for I don't know, since eighth grade, I've had a whisk Uh, on my charm bracelet. What else is on it? So there are a couple charms that actually belong to my mother, uh, which is really nice. Um, It's there's, I will never forget, like what's so amazing about a charm bracelet is they really do commemorate, those charms commemorate different moments of your life. Mm -hmm. So there's a telephone on it and I will never forget, I was probably... 11 or 12, I think I might've been, it must've been sixth or seventh grade where my parents actually gave me a rotary phone in my bedroom. And the first night I, that's amazing. The first night I had it, I fell asleep talking to my best friend. Uh My mother actually came in and I had the phone cradled in my ear. And so there's a little telephone on it that remember, remember call waiting with the rotary phone where you had to like click down on the thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You had to click down on the thing. Anyway, maybe it wasn't the right. So Our young listeners are like, what are you talking about? Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. There's right. also a little Christmas tree on it because I in it also in eighth grade, I had the lead in our school play in which I was a print a Christmas tree that turned into a princess of all things. Wow. Um, so versatile in your like acting. I, I used to, I was an avid ballet dancer. But what's interesting is as I look at it and the charm that I've added the most recently is a big old cup of coffee. <laughs> as I've gotten older, that is the thing I can't live without. So you know, it's just, it's, it's a monument to my life. And there are things on here. There's a charm that I bought when I was in it. I did an art history study in Italy. So there's a little charm I bought on that trip. It really is so memorable. And I think there's also something about charm bracelets. I've always been attracted to life in miniature. I love doll houses. I love little things And that's what a charm bracelet is. It's these little miniature symbols of your life. Yeah. We can talk about why I started this cake business, but I think it was just a natural 
I just gravitated toward creating on these cakes, these little worlds Mm -hmm. uh, that represent people, not unlike my charm bracelet. And I call them charm cakes and they are charming. So there's definitely a play on words, but they just are symbols of people's lives. And I kind of just doodle over the top of a cake the same way you would cover your back to high school or grade school cover the the top of your notebook it's just a doodle with the the brown paper bag cover right Uh, Elizabeth I'm so struck by your comment about dollhouses and life in miniature my father built dollhouses that was a hobby of his and so yeah Rachel you didn't know that but I did um, not know that I can tell you about my dad trying my dad tried to shingle my dollhouse roof. It was not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still have but my dollhouse. My mother, who is yeah. incredibly creative, people wonder like where you get this from. Mm-hmm. My mother is an artist. My grandfather was a sculptor. Like it's definitely in my life. I have a very, my family is very creative. I'm the only person who kind of made a job out of it. And my whole mm-hmm. career has been based really on creativity, but I still have my dollhouse in which my mother, Petty Point, petty point like stitched all the rugs and it's just I I don't have it all put together and I'm afraid that I think mice have been inhabiting it but I do still have it and I know it was made by this woman I'm from Louisville Kentucky and I will never forget that was such a huge deal to go to this woman's studio and it was just it's mad it was magical it was absolutely magical I guess it was the same reason I liked the littles, those books. I just yeah. mm-hmm. was charmed by this little world. And the the dollhouse is from 1976. I know that because she signed yeah. it in the top corner. But uh, so I guess that is the origin of where this all comes from. That's wow. amazing. So I, I well, I was going to ask if you have family who are surgeons because of your attention to detail with your cakes you know what's so funny you say that often when I'm working on cakes and I have to be so steady and people ask me how I do this and I really do um I I have a a couple ways of standing because I really have to anchor my body against the counter but I often think of the game operation that's (laughs) exactly what it's like Yes, that's exactly. I feel like I'm performing an operation in buttercream every day. Well, that's so funny when, when I'm thinking of you designing the cakes and a steady hand and operation, I'm, this is like a total throwback episode. I'm thinking of the episode of the Brady Bunch. I think it was Marsha or Jan was wearing a charm bracelet when they were building the deck of cards cards. and it was shaking and it was shaking. So I miss, if I can make an assumption, you're probably not wearing your charm bracelet when you're decorating because that would get in the way. But can you please tell our listeners, and we're going to we're gonna link in our show notes to your Instagram because people really need to go follow you on Instagram. You're going to get sucked into it all day long. Yep. So you can thank us for that later. Yes. But can you take us back and tell us how you launched your cake business? Sure. So I have, I have baked slash cooked my entire life. I grew up in a family of cooks. Food is very important. We're the kind of family where at breakfast, we talk about what we're going to have at lunch. At lunch, we talk about what we're going to have for dinner. And at dinner, we talk about what we're going to have the next day. But I really got into baking and I will never forget the year that Martha Stewart's entertaining book came out. And I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never seen buffets and and cheese platters and and vodka bottles frozen with roses around them. And I systematically went through and made every single recipe in that book. 
And my parents, and at the same time, I also um, was obsessed with two other books, both copies of which I still have. And I have my notes in them from that time, Maida Heater's book on cookies and James Beard on bread. And I Mm. am totally self-taught. I baked my way through those things. And my parents had a very good friend who had what I think is still the best restaurant. Certainly it was the best restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky. It's called 610 Magnolia. Uh, Ed Garber, who basically taught me so much, um, he no longer owns it, but brilliant, brilliant chef. He, they called him and said, we got to do something with her. She's baking like crazy. No one's eating this stuff. Can she come work with you? So I started working there very young, worked there during all my summers and really learned how to make buttercream, learned how to make bread, learned how to make so many things and work in a kitchen. Fast forward to college. I'm giving you the whole backstory, but we love it. We love it. Fast forward to college. (laughs) I'm in college. I spent my summer working. I was an art history French double major. And I had a professor, art history professor, who asked what I'd done during the summer. I told her, and she said, well, listen, I, I, she actually, I went to Georgetown and she was a Rembrandt scholar. And that year Hmm. she had a Rembrandt show opening at the National Gallery. And she said, would you be able to cater a dinner after the opening? And I was like, why not? I think I could do that. So I did this whole like Dutch Rembrandt inspired dinner for her. And what I didn't know is so many of the Georgetown kind of elite, whether it was like president or whatever, we're going to be at that dinner. And lo and behold, I started this catering business in college and I catered, I I even catered weddings. I mean, it's crazy what I did. So I really have been baking, baking, cooking, doing all of this my whole life. And when I graduated, I moved to New York and because of school and and people I knew, I had a lot of connections in New York. So I kept catering. I wanted more than anything to work at Gourmet. I had an interview. I did super well in the interview, but I failed the typing test. So I had to go take a typing class that just dates me so much. And um, lo and behold, I ended up getting a job at Seagram's working for Chateau and Estates and just goes to show you how, just like a charm bracelet, your life and career is built one block after yes. another. And yep. while we I talk was about there, that all the time. Mm-hmm. I got a catering job um, working, doing a party for someone at House Beautiful magazine. So I um, did that job and I said, listen, if anything opens in the food department, let me know. So people who kind of, know my career, don't realize necessarily where I started, which was in food. So for many people, this isn't a surprise that I'm all of a sudden doing these cakes. For many other people, they're like, where did this come from? We thought you had this decorating House Beautiful background, which I did start in the food department at House Beautiful. Yeah. But after about two years in the food department, I moved to the decorating department. And um, I actually was the style director for that magazine, and I was there for quite a long time. And the reason I bring that up is, again, I would never be able to do what I do now if I didn't have that history, if I didn't have that full education and background of the decorative arts, the amount of time I spent looking at fabrics and embroidery and pottery and mm-hmm. covering the tabletop market and just I, all of that informs who I am today and what I'm doing. So fast forward, I had a whole career um, as editor in chief of style director of, of working at magazines like Real Simple and 
Woman's Day. I worked on the launch of Real Simple. So that was really fun. (laughs) So then you will understand this. When that magazine launched at Time Inc., it was met with the consumer marketing. I mean, was it Steve Sachs who was there? I worked for him. Yeah. I love Steve. He's such a smart guy. Hi, Steve. Um, If you're listening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the way the lore that I know is that magazine was launched with the biggest most positive consumer marketing response in the history of timing. The problem is when it launched, the visual did not match up with the promise of the magazine, which is Mm -hmm. why I was brought in. We could have been in a meeting together. You know, I was working working on the consumer marketing Mm -hmm. side back when it was a secret and we had a code for it. We called it Sam magazine, S-A-M, because I think it didn't have a name. And I felt like I was like working on a top secret project. I started 2000, my first cover was the cover, the December cover after 9-11. So you can imagine the pressure that that was was there. But I was brought in to change the look of the magazine. So I created the look that you know of, of that really graphic, simplified um, cover that pops. That was me. So um, yeah, that's what I And you're exactly why I bought that magazine because I was so drawn into that cover. So um, well, to I had you. to fight. I mean, to be fair, and Steve Saxco, I mean, yeah. all the people who were in that room, Robin, Dominicone, whatever, they would know. I had to fight for that kind of idea of cover because no cover had looked like that before. The only cover that looked like that was interestingly Garnet Hill, which hmm. had really revolutionized. And I guess to some degree, you could say, the later covers of Martha's or Martha Stewart with those beautiful, beautiful pictures, but no women's service magazine really looked like that. So whatever I did that, I I had this whole career. And then um, I've written a column in the Washington post for many, many years, today show contributor, um, tons of different um, things in the editorial world, but then the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. and I found myself like a lot of people with my family quarantined at home with tons of creative energy mm-hmm. and other than cooking for my family, we have this joke in our family where when things are really good, whether it's, it could be anything, it could be a play that's really good, or it could be a meal, usually a meal, we call it restaurant quality. So mm-hmm. I cooked meal after meal of what I thought was restaurant quality. Right. And uh, in this by like February of that first quarantine, so no, sorry, March, April, by like late March, early April, a couple friends started calling me saying, hey, listen, it's so-and-so's birthday. I really need a cake. I know you love to bake. Can I pay you to make a cake? And so I said, sure, I'll do that. Anyway, I started making cakes and by late May, I was baking full time, like around the clock couldn't, I had to, I was making deliveries. People were picking up from my house. It was totally crazy. I have to look back at the date of when I then started doing these buttercream cakes. And what actually, this is what the turning point was. There's a local bookstore. So uh, my husband is from Millbrook, New York, which is Mm -hmm. in Dutchess Mm -hmm. County, which is actually where I am based now. I have kind of done that switch where I've left New York city and I'm in Millbrook and I have now have a commercial space where I work. Uh, it's not open to the public. It's more like a studio. And um, I also do desserts for a local, couple local restaurants. But um, before all of that, I was home 
And I got a call from the local bookstore, this amazing bookstore called Merit Bookstore in Millbrook, New York. If you're ever there, it's one of those great independent bookstores. And the owner, Kira, called me and she said, listen, it's my birthday. I, I'm not celebrating anything, but I have this dream of a cake. I've always wanted, cake, wanted a cake that looks like um, a Wedgwood Jasperware plate. Could you do it? And I was like, yeah, I think I could do that. And the hardest part of that, of course, is matching that classic the blue. blue which yes. If you guys are bakers, do you know what color makes it that blue? What like what do you have to add to it? Oh. Guessing purple and gray and I don't know, orange. I mean, I don't know exactly. No, I have to look it's, it, you're but, right. it no, is like yeah. actually to me, oh. um my buttercream, I use a French buttercream, so it has yes. a very yellow tint. So I also yeah. have to correct the color with purple because okay. purple oh. brings blue. Yeah. It it brings it back to a blue tone, but it's black. It's a ton of black. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Huh. So anyway, so okay. I make this Wedgwood blue cake and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I can do cakes that look like plates. So I started doing plate cakes and plate cakes. Then I was like, wait, I can do fabrics because I love fabrics so much. I love textiles. Uh, so I started, and I have a lot of friends from the decorating world. Two of my closest friends from my days at House Beautiful, both one of them is the creative director of Schumacher and the other one's the style mm-hmm. director of Schumacher. So of course I have an affinity for those because they're friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I started doing tons of those. It just morphed into, and then I, I, the charm cake happened because um, it was actually Frederick Fakai, the hairdresser, his yes. wife, Sheeran, birthday, and he emailed me asking if I could do a cake for her birthday. And I don't, uh, he described some things to me and I ended up putting them on the cake and they all ended up being sort of symbolic of her life. And I don't, I honestly don't even know how I came up with the charm cake, except to think that that's the origin and that yes. I've always loved these miniatures and I've always loved charms. So now these charm cakes are what I do most of my time. And the idea is this, it's a cake. It's they're usually round. I've done sheet cakes as well. Yeah. And um, you send me a list of things that are important in your life, everything from places of work to schools to hobbies to dog to animals to I mean, I've done everything like Black Lives Matter, jail reform. It, it can be anything that's important to you. And I figure out a way to put it on a cake. Have you ever said no to a theme? Yes. Or a charm? Yes. Yes. Yes, I have too. <laughs> so it's really one of the things that people don't understand. Well, first of all, the hardest thing about the charm cakes really is the color palette because you have to mix so many colors. Most dogs are most dogs that I do are made up of four colors. So sure, sure. On, like some of it is a little bit more like sculpture, and a lot of times it's about putting the icing on and scraping it off, which is what I imagine a lot of artists do too. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand scale and they don't understand color. And so for me, those two things are so important. And I often get asked the question, oh, do you sketch this beforehand? I do a ton of photo research. I use Google. I use Shutterstock. I use pictures. I ask people to send me pictures And oftentimes I'll call them up. In fact, I just did a cake last night. Actually, it's one of my closest friends. It's a husband and wife. 
And um, too bad this isn't visual because I'd go get it and show it to you because it's pretty fantastic. Well, you know, we can post but, pictures if you send them to us. We'll right, post if you them. send a picture of it. Yeah. So yeah, I did too. this for, they're among my closest friends. It's their 60th birthday tonight. And uh-huh. um, I made them this charm cake. And the daughters, they have three daughters. And I, I asked them to send me a list of things. One of the things, which I know is super important to their life, but it visually it didn't work. It's like a totally different style from the rest of the items. The colors are totally wrong. So I just had to admit it. Um, I find myself a lot of time doing that. And the other thing that people don't understand, and again, this, thank God I was an art history major because I yes. understand shape, color, and yeah. composition because yes. if you've looked at enough paintings, you understand how something in the bottom left needs to have kind of a diagonal that puts that points you to the top right, or you need to balance the red in a cake across it. Otherwise it'll just stick out like a sore thumb. So all of those lessons come into play, but um, a lot of times people just, they just don't know that kind of stuff. And I, I usually start, people ask me all the time where I start. So uh, I use, a, I love scallops. I've always loved that scallop motif. Yes. Because I always, uh, even in my days, if you look back to a lot of real simple covers, you'll see a lot of scallops in the things. Cause I always thought scallops were very happy. They were mm-hmm. like, smi- I always call them smiles. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I use this scallop border. I start there. It's on almost all of my cakes. And actually, if you look if you really do scroll through my Instagram, you can see my evolution. By the way, I've gotten a lot better. Turns out Malcolm Gladwell is a bazillion percent. <laughs> 10,000 right? hours 10, or whatever. 10,000 yeah. 10, hours doing anything. Like I do think I could be Serena Williams if I yeah, practice. Totally. Yes, yes. Yeah. You can oh get gosh. good at things and you can see, even I look at my skill and I've gotten so, so, so much better. So the point at which I started using these scallop borders that frame my cakes and and that that anchors it that brings the design in it's just like a frame on a painting you need that visually yes. to contain your eye and now i look at my cakes where i don't have it and i hate them because <laughs> they look terrible to me but, and so i start there then i add any words or letters like whether it's a happy birthday message and then i just really start doodling so i usually start in the bottom or the the like middle left because I read, le- you read left to right. Yeah. So yes. it's like a natural yeah. way of going. And I, I pick an item where, again, the visual kind of dimension or direction goes to the right. So it, it brings your eye up and, and points in that direction. And then I balance it off with the top, let's say top right of the cake. And then I keep working around. And by the end of it, it's funny. People often ask, why don't you videotape this? It takes five hours to decorate a cake. There's no way. I was going to ask you how long. I, it took. Yeah. Yeah. I, get I don't it. have enough memory in my phone to do this. And no, right. I also am so into it. Like I, I can't stop. So the other thing, there's two, there's two I, things. That I, I, I also, relate. <laughs> yeah. So there's two things that I also want to mention. The name of my company is called the Duchy of Millbrook. Millbrook is in Dutchess County. And during the pandemic, I reread a collection of books that I absolutely love. So if there's 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 two things I'm going to say that if you can take away from this podcast, one is you have to read the Cazalette Chronicles. They're among my favorite books. They were written in the 90s. And okay. it's a little bit like if you were to take 
Downton Abbey and put it in a blender with Little House on the Prairie. So it's these five books. I am sold. Very detailed chronicle of this family between the wars in England. Like it actually starts in the 30s and goes through like the 50s. I was reading those books and the matriarch in that book is they call her the duchy she's the duchess Ah. they name her that and they call her the duchy and even though I spelt it differently because of county I added the t yes um, that was the origin of the name and I just it came to me one day as as I was driving and I just thought wait I'm going to be the duchy of Millbrook and it is the origin is based so on perfect. that character. So I, read those books because they are brilliant. so good. You will love it. The second thing that happened and that made me realize I was doing the right thing. And I bring this up because I said, I spent hours and hours. I mean, I spent a crazy amount of hours. When I say I start baking usually at six and I often end at two in the morning, people yeah. say, how do you do that? How do you have enough energy? Mm-hmm. I have enough energy because also during the pandemic, I watched the the Pixar movie Soul. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. It is not a kid movie at all. What an epiphany it was. And it's all about doing in life what makes you happiest and the oh. thing where you can get absolutely lost doing it. In the case of Soul, it's about a jazz musician who gets totally lost. It's about finding your spark. Yeah. The thing about baking for me, what people need to understand is when I'm doing it, when I'm working on one of those cakes, I am so totally lost in the process Mm. that I could argue that that state is more restful than my sleep. I can fully relate to that because I have been in my kitchen until 1am, 2am. I've made cakes to look like Chanel bags. I've made them to look like Air Jordans. And I just remember this specific Air Jordan sneaker where I literally had, I mean, it was like I was an architect, right? Like drawing plans, making templates. How am I going to do the laces? And just being in the kitchen and all was quiet, all was still. And I was just head down in this project and I couldn't stop. You can't stop. You have to just keep going. And, but the energy is there. I hate exercise. I I hate it. Totally. And I've never experienced a runner's high. All my friends who are runners, I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't get that. It just all equates to pain for me. But baking, panic for me, it's it's what I think a runner's high must be, which is that you're so lost in it. You're so engrossed in it. You're in, you have so much peace that I don't hear anything else. I don't see people often ask if I bake to music or, I mean, to be honest with you, I often have, um, I watch Turner classic movies around the clock and I often have it on, but at two in the morning, I have nothing on and I don't even, I'm not even aware of it. Like I just. It's as though everything else disappears and I'm only doing that and I'm so focused and I'm so at peace doing it. I really... I and you it. don't and even know what is, time it is, right? Yeah. By the time people, you finish. The other thing about the icing, so I use this French buttercream and it is very temperamental. Mm. Um, temperature is super important. Yes. Oftentimes, um, it, it, if it's, it's, it's a little bit like Goldilocks. If it's too hot, it doesn't work. If it's too cold, mm-hmm. because the buttercream is temperamental, at the same time, it's also sort of forgiving. Like at this point, I know how to work and I know how to heat it up. Yeah. I know how to get it to the right temperature so that it, it works the way I want it to work. And if I make a mistake, honestly, I just scrape it up or right. you're creative about it. I mean, I did a cake yesterday and I just covered up with something else, the mistake that I made. 
and and I maybe know it's there, but it would be hard for you to figure it right. out. I can see right. how when they do these x-rays of Van Gogh's or whatever they see, or Caravaggio or whatever, they <laughs> yeah. see the mistakes behind or what was done because it's the same thing. You can, you can manipulate it and cover it up. And it's also just cake for God's sake. Elizabeth, um, this is so fascinating. And before we got, before we hit record for our listeners, we were sort of saying how the three of us were in this like Venn diagram of a certain kind of person <laughs> where all three of us were bakers. We love to bake We're we've been in the journalism and creative and writing field. We also happen to love accessories and um, Stephanie and I brought out some charm bracelets <laughs> today. So it, I think it's so just interesting to hear your whole life and career path. And yes, to hear that, like you said, you don't know what's happening as you're doing it, but how it all kind of came together between working for a restaurant, becoming an art history major, working for magazines and design, because I feel like, and you've said it, you're in your flow, you're in your perfect spot. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so interesting to see how this life has evolved into this career and that you could share sort of your charm bracelet to a charm cake to the whole world. I just have a little bit of a technical question because I'm sure our listeners are going to want to know, do you ship your cakes at all? So unfortunately, they're made with French buttercream, which is super temperamental. And I know there's a way to ship them. I'd have to ship them frozen. And I I think it would just be so, my cakes are not inexpensive. As right. I said, okay. they take many hours. So um, my charm cakes range, just to be clear, in price from like $4.25 on up. Okay. And four twenty five is the is the. It's a special cake. occasion cake, obviously. Well, yeah, I that's mean, for obviously sure. this is a big event. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, a, it's I mean, art. I, I, it's like art. The, it's art. If you were to it's add art. up the hours that I spend on them, yeah. I mean, I'm oh, totally. making seventy dollars an hour. Like at my stage in my life and my career, that's not very much. No, I can make exactly. a lot more doing other things. That so it's not about the money, but I but I do it is like it's edible art. I mean, this is not, yeah, this is not, you're not getting this for, although you'd be shocked how many people get it for, um, for a little family party at home. I think, I think it's special to them. Yeah. Well, I'm also hitting a sweet spot of Instagram. Like it's an Instagram Mm -hmm. world. If somebody wants to send a message out of, Hey, here I am. And it's my birthday. This is a good way of doing that. It's incredibly visual and they're really fun. To, there's definitely a voyeuristic tone to it. And by the way, I've done plenty of cakes for famous people where I would never publish it because, you know, like I just, it's just too private. Like these right. are private cakes too. Yes. So, yes. I mean, they're both yes. public and private. They're whatever you want it to be. Uh, but, but in terms of shipping, I, I know there's a way to do it. I just think it'd be so cost prohibitive. And until um, Gold Belly comes knocking at my door and Mm. says, hey, we want to help you do this. Yes. Right now, I just can't. But I have, I've had people drive from Boston to get them. I have somebody driving next week from Washington, D.C. to get them. A lot of my cakes go to the tri-state area. I come into New York every single week with my, I I bring out, I have a truckload of cakes. Mm. You know, I, uh, Uber is my friend. I Uber them all Mm. over. I love it. I love it. It's awesome. It's incredible. I give 
five stars to Uber delivery because they do an amazing job. That's fantastic. And if you haven't started using it, the fact that you can track it down to the minute is incredible. Yeah. And so much more cost-effective. They're not a sponsor, by the way, but I just really- Right, right. Shout out right to now. Uber. That's <laughs> yeah. good to know. Um, yeah, so no, I don't ship. What I do ship is I ship a lot of my other stuff. So I do, I've also become known for my shortbread. I mm. do oh, this nice. kind of Ted Lasso inspired shortbread, which I call Believe yes. Biscuits. And they're, you know, part of it also is- I am all about quality. So I do use the very best ingredients. Somebody asked me the other day if everything I do is organic. I try to, I'm in the bread basket of New York. So I try to be as local as, as possible. I get most of my eggs from a very close friend of mine. The garden would be very proud of you. (laughs) Yolks are so, so yellow that I have to color correct it a lot in the buttercream. I will ship one day, but I, I definitely need help doing it. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Do you uh, expect to expand into other areas of baking or what are your well, thoughts? So what I'd really like to do, I mean, yeah. So the shortbread, I'm also known, I, my ginger cookie is I do this triple ginger cookie. That's really good. I get asked to do a lot of decorated cookies. And to be honest with you, there are so many other people who do it so much better than I, mm-hmm. that I just feel like I inevitably send them to other people. Yes. Um, I, I also think the baking world is a very generous world. And yes. I I mean, my charm cakes are now being copied all over. There are people take pictures into local bakers and say, can you do this? And mm. inevitably the picture ends up back to me. So now I've started this dialogue with bakers in yeah. Texas and uh, different places where I've been helping them. My hand is my hand, so I can't really translate that, but I can certainly give them tips and ways of of tackling it and um, figuring out how to put it together. I really love lace work and eyelets, so I do these Mm. eyelet hearts and gingerbread men. I also feel like a lot of the repetitive cookie business, I don't really like because what I'm really after is the unique experience, and Mm -hmm. I do think my cookies- And my cakes are a little bit like snowflakes. There is no two that are ever going to be alike. I did do a cake once, probably the cake I get asked to do over and over again is a cake I did actually for Jenna Bush Hager's daughter's birthday. And it's a New York scene. Saw that one. Yeah. I have a New York hotel, very fancy hotel called me and said, Hey, we want this to be our signature birthday cake. When VIP clients come, we want this cake. And I've always said to them, great, I'll do it. But I just want you to know they will never be able to get those exact colors. I'm never going right. to be able to get that exact scale. It's not like yes. this template. And right. you can't, ask, ma- right. You can't mass produce this. This is art. It's art. You are. Well, I mean, there probably is a way that you could do something that mass produces. I'm sure there's some way that I could have some machine stencil it on or like I, I, there's got to be there's technology whatever it's just that what I do I I've done that cake now many times and yeah the colors aren't the same the scale isn't the same the gist of it's the same but if you want me to do exactly that cake I it's it's a snowflake like there are yeah. no two that are yeah. like and I think well, that's also part of not to get back to the charm bracelet but part of the charm <laughs> Yes. It is. It is. It's totally. all original. And to your point, right? You've evolved. And so every time you make a cake, it's going to be a little bit different, right? Part of what I, you know, right now, the charm cakes are the most 
popular thing that I do, but I get tired. You know, there's only so, do you know how many times I've done big apple? Like, do you know how many yeah, times right. I've done right. Union Jack? <laughs> do you know how many times I've done a golden retriever? Like a lot. Right. <laughs> You're like, I've everybody has really- a golden retriever. Yeah. No, I've gotten much better. My dogs, I've gotten so good at dogs, but I realize again, dogs are about putting the icing on and scraping yeah. it off because you have to get the dimensionality so to the icing. And I figured it out. It's taken me a while, but what's really great is when somebody hands me a challenge. Oh my God, I have a challenge. There's some like, he's like a 19th century drawings and print dealer and it's a birthday cake for him and they want me to do some kind of 19th century I don't know like Tiepolo drawing or something um that is a challenge and so that's going to be a challenge I had somebody call me the other day and they wanted me to do Syrah like they sent me a picture of a Syrah bathers and I said I called them up and I said you realize that there are bathers in the foreground, but do you know that Sunday in the park with George is in the background? There's no way I can do all of this on a cake. So, you know, I, I settled, I, I ended up, yeah. ended up totally switching gears and I did right. sort of a Monet inspired wow. water lily thing. So it's just those kinds of challenges are amazing. And I love doing that. It's, it's so funny you say that because I think back to when people would call me and say, oh, could you do you name it, right? My first reaction was like, nope. And then I, you know, say, let me think about it. Let me sketch it out. Let me, da, 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 and I'll get back to you. Cause I never wanted to say yes to something where I felt like I was too over my skis, but the greatest thing was sort of figuring it out and then say challenge accepted. It's right. So and then executing. I mean, it's really is. It's so really. rewarding. Now, yes. one thing I do want to say is I do get a lot of calls like you do. I, I've seen your cakes. I know you do the three dimensional. I, I've done it. I I just drew a line in the sand. I'm not working in fondant. I'm not doing three dimensional cakes. Uh-huh. Even part of it is, is also when you do things like this, you have to know who you are. You have to draw a limit somewhere. And for me, I just say, call this person or, and that's part yeah. of the generosity too, I think yes. business, which is yes. to say, you can figure out what it is that you do. And there are other people who can do other things better. And so yep. let them do it. I mean, it's totally, it's so totally true. It. So I, and by the way, like I have to say no a lot. I, I, yeah, I don't, sure. again, I, people don't understand. Dan, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, but the process, you guys are, it's hard and yes. it's just a lot of time. And this the is planning not alone, right? The planning you're spending hours, like forget even before and the research. you turn on the mixer, yeah. right? The other thing is all my cakes are baked to order. Nothing. I don't have anything frozen right. or nothing is right. ready right. to go. And when I get these calls saying, can I have a cake on Friday? I'm like, Absolutely no, not. no, I, I, yeah. what, what in this world makes you think that I'm not completely booked? Exactly. Mm. So how many, how many cakes are you doing in a week? The most, what I've realized is honestly, this is working 10 to 11 hours. The most I can do are two a day. And I tend to that's work. I mean, I'd say that's a lot. I've done, that's a lot. No, well, two a day is decorating. So oftentimes what I'll do is I'll spend, because the beginning of the week isn't so celebratory, I spend Sunday, Monday, Tuesday 
Yeah. Just baking the cakes, prepping the, it's like prepping a canvas. So yeah. basically yeah. bake the cakes. All my cakes are three layers. I basically do two sizes. I do an eight inch and a 10 inch. And then for bigger parties, I will do the bigger sheet. I've done several of the big sheet yeah. cakes. Flavor wise, do you keep it to, you know, so flavor a wise, of because flavors? it's bespoke, I say yeah. I'll do pretty much anything except okay. the one cake I really will not do. I've done it. I don't like doing it. I don't ever want to do it again is red velvet because people don't understand. <laughs> It's a chocolate yes, cake it is with a chocolate. tons of red dye and nobody yes. needs more red dye. Yes. Like it's the worst choice. No it's so the worst funny. cake. I, I hate it. So I'm like, why not have my chocolate cake, which is so much better. I, by the way, am not really a chocolate person. I veer more. Neither am I. Neither vanilla. am I. Are you guys Virgos by any chance? No. Gemini. I'm, a, I'm Aquarius. Yeah. I just, birthday coming up. I'm anyway, such a so vanilla person more toward vanilla yeah. ginger yeah yes. lemon those are more my flavors but oh. I, I I finally found a chocolate cake that I really love and it, weirdly it happens to be vegan but oh, interesting. it also stays really it's made with applesauce so it stays oh. really moist mm-hmm. I bake with applesauce a lot yeah, yeah I use well, a lot of applesauce. I feel like we need to come to Millbrook, right, Stephanie? It's kind uh, of in between us. Yes. And come hey, you check know, I have, a, I have a big birthday coming up in May, so I don't know. This, yeah, this might we got to talk about it. Well, <laughs> yeah, we can make, make your people always say, My husband just had <laughs> his 55th birthday, and everyone said, Why didn't you picture take a picture of the cake? And I was like, Because I didn't, I make didn't make it. Right. That's so exactly right. And you well, know what? Yeah, my kids get birthdays. nothing. Yeah, my yeah. kids get nothing from what I bake except for like the crumbs and the scraps and a hundred percent. So yes. it's totally the shoemakers. It's the shoemakers. A hundred percent. Um, well, I feel like we could talk to you forever and I want to get off this zoom and go right into my kitchen and start baking because you're inspiring me. But before <laughs> we go, um, we talked about your Instagram a little bit. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and where they should follow you? Because I yeah, think so, um, they're going to have a lot of fun. I- it's at Elizabeth Mayhew. I get asked all the time why I don't have a website and I don't have a website because I haven't really needed one and I don't really have time right now to make Yeah, yeah. good answer. More. And yeah. Instagram is so easy and visual and you can DM me. And again, because these cakes are bespoke, I talk to you individually. And the most important thing is, first of all, finding out where you are and if I can yeah. even do this. And then we start the process. One day I hope to become maybe a little bit more professional, but again, this is like a bespoke kind of yes. um, mm. special experience, I think for most people. And so really the best way to get me is Instagram. And then once we start that process, we start, I switch it over to email and to cell phone and we just yeah. end up talking. That's great. Well, sim- similar, bespoke and special, much like the charm bracelet, right? Where Definitely. It's, just, it's unique to you and your life. And um, just this has been so special, Elizabeth, and so much fun to get to know you and hear your story and to to follow you. And I, I just can't wait to continue to follow you and what fun you are. Thank you, guys. It's so great to talk to you and to know that we have so much in common. I know. We loved it. I'm going to so wear my charm fun. bracelet. I'm going to wear my charm bracelet all day today. The and problem think of with you. charm bracelets, though, I mean, my cakes are not as noisy as my charm bracelet is. Right. This you yes, can't really yes, wear. Yes. Like you, I remember wearing it in school and yes. like taking a test, and that just doesn't work. Right. Right. No. 
I know. But, you know, on this podcast, we talk about a lot of different accessories. And one of the things we often come away with is, you know, you need to wear these accessories because it's not doing any good in your jewelry box or in your closet. Yeah, that's right. Well, just like you need to wear these, everybody needs to eat more cake. A hundred percent. So I have one more question. What do you think the next charm is going to be on your bracelet? Oh, that's a really good question. So I, I love, I look for mechanical charms. I like, I love charms that open up and do things. Mm -hmm. Like I actually have a little sifter on here, a flower sifter and it sifts, it does sift. Um, The little purse opens up. And so I'm always looking for things where there's some kind of mechanic to it. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have a cookbook on, it's very cooking related. So yep. I basically look for antique charms that do stuff. So if anybody, actually, I, there's one that I'm looking for. And if anybody in this world knows where it is, my grandmother had on her charm bracelet, a world and the, it was like a globe and the globe moved. And I don't know what happened to it, but I would love that. Okay. Okay. If anybody put listening that out can do that. Universe. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> Could you get something that is reminiscent of like a duchess? Cause you're the duchy of Millbrook, yeah. maybe something, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I could, although that's so self-proclaimed. I feel like I yes. put my own, <laughs> I put my own thing on it. You know, I am working on new branding and the other thing that I just want to mention, like I definitely tend toward uh, 18th and 19th century. So it's very like uh, pride and prejudice and that whole yeah. my world favorite book. is, is is where many of us are happiest. So um, my new branding veers more toward that. So when I, when I finish that, um, maybe I will get something to commemorate it. I awesome. love that. Wow. Love you are that. definitely our people. We love it. Yes. Thank you again for joining Thank us. You. And thanks to our listeners.